0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Earn Your Pinstripes, Stripes New York Yankee's podcast where we focus on young guys down on the farm who can earn their pinstripes and make it to the show. We have a little bit of actual uh, prospect talk today in a little different form. Uh, I'm Nathan Ryan, joining me is Brandon Kramer.
1: Brandon, how are you
0: doing? How is everyone doing today? It is a gloomy
1: day here in New York, but hope everyone is doing well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Does it really matter if it's gloomy anymore? Uh it does. It does. Still getting are you get able to get some fresh air here, here and there?
1: Uh I got fresh air for the first time in a week and a half yesterday. <laughs>
0: oh wow. In a week and a half?
1: Well, I mean I opened like opening it but actually stepping outside.
0: Yeah. You haven't stepped outside your place for week i mean
1: we live in an apartment building so uh we have like a yeah. patio so on the third floor where we work because i'm on the third floor so i usually go there but in terms of like outside outside so like outside the building no, i haven't stepped outside there in a couple of days about a week i mean there's no right.
0: reason to unless i need to go out and get food right yeah well i'm mean, good for mind, body and soul but you know good good that uh you're keeping away from folks
1: yeah it's bad here in new york
0: so today we are going to go through our top five prospect busts, except um, for the prospects that we as individuals really had hyped up. So we were really excited for personally. and then you know, they didn't work out to uh, at all or the, to the degree that, we had hoped they, you know, would, and so that could be um, someone that, that is not as, uh, you know, well known, maybe as uh, as some of the obvious ones, but we as individuals were very pumped up for. Uh, but there's probably a little mix of both um, in our list, I would assume. Yep, I'm ready. You're ready. All yeah. right. So uh, we'll start at number five. Go for it. So at number five, I actually
1: have Eduardo Nunez, and let me uh, explain why. Okay. They held this man back from a trade to acquire Cliff Lee. He was the one that held that trade back. They had high hopes for Eduardo Nunez. He doesn't pan out. Cliff Lee probably single-handedly beats us in the ALCS when he was with the Rangers. So I've forever, I wouldn't say hated Eduardo Nunez, but... uh, wasn't a big fan of him because he just wasn't the guy that he should have been if they held him back of a Cliff Lee trade.
0: That's true. That, that, that's true. It's definitely a different take on it. Um, good old Eduardo. Um, can't still keep can't his his keep his helmet on. on. Yep. No, still can't keep his helmet on. Um, it does have an electric, you know, swing and bat. Um, even though he doesn't make contact very often, his gloves pretty rough he um, has got a lot of speed can't ever take that away from him I mean he batted uh, cleanup in 2014 for us so I <laughs> mean that lineup no, still yeah. gives me nightmares yeah it's not the greatest lineup in the world but I mean he, he's got some pop you know he always has um so yeah I, I, I like Eduardo certainly not a um, you know a bust in terms of never never made it you know or anything but uh, I think he definitely flashed enough in those early years that he hoped that uh, you know he he had the potential to be even more than what he ended up being. So yeah that's yeah. a good one. Still so I just realized through. as I was looking at my list that there was one that I kind of left off and I'm trying to think about if I can work him in and if I do how. Um, you have an honorable um, mention? I have an honorable mention. Um, I, okay, so I'm going to go, all right, I'm just going to stick with my original list. We'll, we'll go to honorable mentions, um, at the end here. Um, I'm, so my number five was Eric Duncan. I don't know if you remember Eric Duncan. He was a first round pick, um, for the Yankees back, um, geez, probably 2002-ish. Um, I may have the year off a little bit, but I think it was, it was in that round, probably between 2002 and 2004. Um. For myself, he was just, you know, this was when I was really, for, you know, started getting into prospects, um, you know, and, and everything else. And really like looking at the draft and who the Yankees, um, you know, drafted and then tracking their progress. And Eric Duncan came, you know, really right before the A-Rod trade. And by right before, I think it was a couple of years before Um and, and a part of that reason, you know, one of the small reasons why, you know, obviously Aaron Boone was in that mix before he hurt his leg and, and everything else. But, you know, they had hoped, obviously, when you draft, a, you know, a third baseman in the first round, that he's going to be your first a third baseman of the future. And by the time they traded for A-Rod, you know, I think they had a sense that maybe Eric Duncan wasn't going to pan out um, in the exact way that, you know, that they hoped um, he would. He just never really... Got over the hump. Um, that being said, um, he's he's parlayed it into a really good career. He actually is—I can't, I can't remember which level he is managing at, but he's he's a uh, he's a coach in the uh, Yankees, you know, farm system um, right now. So a valued member of the organization, even though he never you know quite made it to the big leagues.
1: Yeah, I don't remember him because I was like a year and a half when uh, they probably drafted him.
0: Yeah, he's thirty-five now. Um, let's see here. I'm looking to see. I'm looking at his baseball reference page. Yeah, well, he, uh, I don't so love so baseball he, reference. He, that thing has he, so saved 2003. Me. So he was drafted first round of the 2003 amateur draft. Um, he, between 2007 and 2009, um, he was in scranton Wilkesbury, barre um, and then, you know, kind of bounced around a little bit after that, uh, ended up probably retiring around the age of 27 or so. Um, again, he was a high schooler, too. You know, got to wonder if uh, coming out of high school, if he was, if he was ready for that or not. Uh, yeah, that's, that. Uh, that's, you notice,
1: a lot of, there's a lot of guys getting drafted out of high school, and... Some players really, I mean, Garrett Cole is one of them. He chose to go back to, or he chose to actually go to, Um, what, I think it was LSU, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, Garrett said, Cole?
0: Garrett yeah. Cole was uh, UCLA. UCLA, UCLA. Sorry. I was still looking at Eric Eric. Thomas. Yeah, so
1: that's just the thing with uh, just that, that jump from high school to the pros is very hard to do. You would see a lot yeah. of players kind of just uh, decide to maybe take college for another year. Or else they stay in the minors for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, now I want to find out where he's... Where, where is Eric Duncan coaching? Probably, I would assume, a minor league team. It's with... Uh, it's in the Yankees' system. Oh, yeah. Um. Okay, well, that... I'll think a guess probably Tampa, Tampa, Tampa Tarpons. Marlins. Yeah. Tampa Tarpons. Hitting coach by the Miami Marlins, been promoted. Oh,
1: wow. He took over Barry Bonds' job. Former hitting coach for the Marlins. That was crazy. Yeah. Looking
0: at this here. Yeah. Should I go anyway. ahead and start with my number four? Go for it. Go for your number four. So my
1: number four is another kind of uh, – Probably, I'll probably get some backlash for this, but uh, it's just because I had extreme high hopes for him, Esteban Florial.
0: So, wow, you're uh, you're, you're calling just... him out and 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 labeling him, you know, a bust already. Obviously, we've talked about um, Florial a fair amount, um, in, I think our first episode, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Um I I certainly, you know, had the hope that he could be patrolling center field maybe for us by now. Still only 22. Um, he's still young, old. but the reason why
1: I kind of have him as like a bust for me right now is I mean, if he was in Triple A hitting, then I would be like, "Okay, he's he's coming." But he has not hit above high. A. I mean, yeah, he did was going to start the year in Double A this year. That would have been interesting to see. But I just have not seen enough from him to really get my hopes up. I mean, the biggest thing for him was pitch recognition and staying healthy. I mean, he's had a couple of freak injuries, but the fact that he's not been able to stay healthy and hit above high A, that's just was like, uh eh, the hype train kind of just slowed down. Right. So just expected a lot more from him by now.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, it's true he can't recognize a breaking ball. Who knows if he's going to be able to, f- you know, fix that? Um, you know, I personally think he's more likely not to work out than than actually work out. But um, you know, I, I still have I still have hope for him. He's only twenty two. Remember, yeah. I mean, guys like Aaron Judge didn't, uh, you know, didn't make break the bigs until they were twenty four. So you know, there's still time. He's got the tools. Um, he's got the speed. He's got the pop, right? So I'll, I'll still. You know hold out a little hope but yeah we'll we'll see um my number four was two uh, so i'm cheating um and i'm okay with that um my number two is two-thirds of the killer bees and that's manny benuelos yep and andrew brockman um, i was gonna i, I want to obviously Dylan uh, obviously you know worked it out didn't make it as a starter, but that's okay. He became one of the premier leave- relievers in Major League Baseball um, and has had, had a fantastic career, career and is going to continue slinging it for a little while. Manny Benuelos broke in um, with the Braves, um, so he's he's spent some time but hasn't been able to really stick and I think has bounced back and forth with the majors. Um, he was actually the one out of the three, if I was to be honest, that I was most excited for. He's a lefty. Um, He just, you know, had an electric fastball, good, good slider, good breaking ball. Um, And, you know, I I think the control was always suspect and, you know, just, again, couldn't, couldn't always, couldn't completely put it together. Um, And Brockman just kind of fell, you know, a little off the radar. But when you had those three, and obviously you have, you know, a cool nickname with the killer bees. uh, That was just, uh, you know, it was a really exciting time and, you know, tracking prospects and thinking about what the three of those could do. And I think that, you know, in the midst of some of this, right, um, with, you know, with with these guys and some other ones I'll talk about later, it it was coming off the heels of the Yankees really, I mean, this is kind of before the baby bombers and the Yankees having a really good farm system. You have to remember, the Yankees didn't have a good farm system for a really long time. And they traded... Um, their prospects for, you know, aging veterans. That was part of the formula um, that the Yankees utilized for a really long time. And so if you were really into, you know, the young guys and thinking, you know, and it was really hard. We didn't have, you know, it was like Brett Gardner was one of the first guys we had break in from the minors and be successful along with Melky for a really long time. So young guys, there wasn't a lot to get excited about. And when there was, I mean, I think there was a certain section of fans that really craved, that youth. I mean, winning was most important, obviously, but they kind of craved the youth. And, and, you know, we see how young guys get embraced by Yankee fans. And that's why the core four is always going to be so special. And a ga- guy like A-Rod is never going to be as revered because he wasn't born and bred with, with the Yankees. So
1: anyway. Yeah. Imagine trying to host this podcast back when we had no harm.
0: Yeah, it would be hard. I mean, it would
1: be it'd be pretty depressing. Actually, I mean, Patrick would pre- if if Patrick was a, a big Brett Gardner. I mean, he already is. He would hate us because all we'd have to talk about is Brett Gardner. And speaking of that, did you see what someone tweeted about the other day? Uh, they, they said it's time to start thinking about retiring Brett Gardner's number. I'm sorry. So but, I just saw well, something Rick, earlier uh,
0: today that yeah. was talking about numbers being retired and I was like, who's, who should be the next one? And someone Ceci. had said, uh, and someone had said, Paul O'Neill. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, well, okay. So here's the thing here. Here's okay. So I love CC. No one's a bigger fan of the warrior than me. Um, I think there's a difference here. And I think it's what's great about Yankee stadium and, and everything with, with Monument park. Monument park is so great. Retiring a number and then having a plaque in Monument Park are two separate things, right? And so you can be in Monument Park. Having a number retired means no one's ever going to use that number again. We already have a lot of numbers retired. It really needs to be reserved for the most special, right? Exactly. And, and then Mon- and you still have Monument Park, which is should also be a very exclusive club, but – Hard to get into, um, the you know Paul O'Neill's in Monument Park. I don't think retiring his number is something. I he had a great run. Love Paul O'Neill, huge fan of him. Um, love listening to him on yes, you know to this day. Um, do I think his number should be retired for the Yankees? No, I don't. And I don't, I don't, I don't actually agree, think CC should. I think he should be in Monument Park for sure. Um, I, I think he absolutely should. He helped us win a title. He was dominant that year. I love him. Absolutely love him. Huge CC fan. My whole family is. I don't think his number should be retired. No, I don't think Brett Gardner's number should be retired oh, okay. either. Okay. I do think Brett Gardner should be in Monument Park. At, I think that he, I, I do think that that is, you know.
1: I mean, yeah, but the people that are saying retiring his number, yeah, Brett Gardner's had some good moments for the Yankees. But this man does not deserve his number retired. I'm sorry, but no, no, he's, no. An, av- he's an average player. I mean, he's got a great glove,
0: but... So I'll disagree with the average. I mean, yeah, sure. He's he's a good he's a player, player, but I wouldn't he's not, a, he's not a Hall of Fame level player. Yeah. Here's the thing. You do look at like his war, and I am a fan of, in general of war. It, it is much higher than what one would think it is because it's taken into account his skills with the glove. And yeah, Tony, and he's, he has know, an amazing right? glove, though. So. And he has, and he works the count. He sees pitches. He has, a, he's always had a career on base percentage. It was pretty decent. Um, right. I mean, again, is is he a Hall of Famer? Of course not. Um, is he, you know, an all star player? Probably not most years. Is he a grinder? Do I love him? Um, absolutely. Do I think that he is more valuable than what the old baseball stats, if you're just looking at, you know, eyeballing batting average on base percentage and RBIs and home runs is he a better player than that yes and I think that um I think that things like war help um in you know realize a full value of a player like a Brett Gardner um he's much 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 better player than what he's ever gotten credit for um and that's that's the truth but let's yeah all the other stuff's kind of crazy. Yeah, I just saw that, and I was like,
1: "No, I'm not dealing with this today." <laughs> but so, yeah, how about so we've
0: done four, so now how about you start with your number three? Sure. So I cheated again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went with a trifecta of players that all made the major leagues, and um, one is still in the major leagues. Um, all I think you can make an argument for having. It's very good, um, if not so, at least solid um, major league careers. Um, none of them should be ashamed of uh, what they ended up, you know, accomplishing because what they all accomplished, um, I think, is you know something that very very few people can do. Obviously, uh, which is make the major leagues at all and have a solid major league career. You know, number two, it's a very select group. Um, But they still make number three on my list because of exactly what I was talking about with the killer bees. And that was the sheer level of excitement and hype and hope that the three of them brought. And also a commitment that was given by the organization during a time that they didn't give that kind of commitment to young guys. And because it didn't work out, I actually feel like it set the whole you know the the that commitment to the young players back a couple of years before you know, again the the baby bomber wave, and that is the triumvirate of Phil Hughes, Ian Kennedy, and Job Chamberlain.
1: Oh yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yep, yep, so yep. I remember it's a lot Jabba. of lead up to give to, to give that out. I will say this. I mean, I again, all three players I've enjoyed uh, watching their careers. No one was more electric. For the time that he was dominant as reliever as Jabba, it was a short time. It was too short, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, you know, you definitely make the easy argument that the Yankees kind of ruined him by he was in the bullpen and then you know back as a starter and then back again, and the Jabba rules and, and everything that went along those lines. Ian Kennedy, I, I feel like you know we didn't have a long enough leash with him. Um, I think that you know he had some really good years in Arizona, still still pitching. Um, to this day, um, again, maybe not. Um, I remember when he was coming out, I really thought he, he looked like he had the potential to be a young mini Mike Musina. Obviously that, you know, didn't happen, but he had a really good career. Phil Hughes, um, obviously was, um, you know, probably the outside of Mariano Rivera, obviously, our best reliever in 2009. Um, He didn't have a great playoff run that year, um, but the work that he did throughout the season, um, we we probably don't have the year that we did without Phil Hughes um, stepping in that role. When he first pitched in his first major league game, I I was watching it, we were watching as a family, and you know, he almost had that, you know, he had a no hitter going, um, perfect game going through like six, six, seven innings. And then, you know, then he hurt his leg and he got hurt. And, you know, he's had, he had a couple other injuries and, you know, you have heard him talk about it. He's just after his, you know, first wave of initial injuries and stuff was never the same again. Um, Like his pitching, pitching mechanics after hurting, hurting his leg in the very first game never completely came back. And, He he had a lot of unfair comparisons. A lot of people thought compared him to Roger Clemens, and that's what he was going to be. Uh, But I remember the hype. train. I probably going into a player's career was never more hyped for a person than I was Phil Hughes. I mean, I was on board. I was really excited to be able to, that he was going to be our ace for years to come. And then I was there from the beginning and saw his first major league start and was following him in the minors and all this stuff. And so the the hype train was a very real for me for Phil, but for all three of those guys. So anyway, all of them, you know, have had had good careers, should be proud of what they've done and accomplished. But, um, you know, it was it was definitely supposed to be kind of like the big three. Right. And then the rotation, it was the next coming of, uh, you know, Zito and Mulder and Tim Hudson. It didn't quite work out.
1: I remember Jabba's uh, trampoline accident. I think that's when everything really, really, really started to go downhill. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was sad. Sure. So my number three is still kind of going with recent players because I mean I've always watched Yankees baseball, but I really got into the prospects around twenty. Uh, 20 I'll say twenty oh nine. That makes sense. Uh, Two thousand nine um, is actually Greg Bird. Okay. And Here's why I put Greg Bird. I, I agree with this. He's we not on the list, but I, I we can all guess. everyone says for the Yankees you need that big lefty power bat. When yeah. Greg Bird came up, I believe it was a, it was it 2015? Yeah, it was 2015 when Greg Bird came up in 2015. He showed his first game. He hit two home runs. We're like. Do, have we found our first baseman of the future, that lefty power bat that all of our championship teams seem to have? I mean, yep. you got Sweet in the fame. 90s, you had Tino. And then in 2009, you had
0: Mark Teixeira. I mean, he well, had yeah, he was a switch hitter. I mean, he even had his true Yankee moment hitting that home run off Andrew Miller.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 2017 was a bit tough for him because of the extra bone in his foot that he needs to get taken out. But he had that moment. But yeah. is just with him is that he could not stay healthy. He would no. show what he can do in spring training, but it just would not translate. And it got to the point – I never give up on players, but it came to the point where I was like, it's time to move on from Greg Bird because he was just
0: too – he was glass bone Greg. glass so at the bone start Greg. of last season, right, so the start of last season, spring training particularly, right – who were you rooting for? Were you rooting for Voight, who had a good little stretch at the end of the, for his first season coming over in the trade and whatnot? Or were you rooting for, you know, Greg Bird? I honestly was going for
1: Voight, uh, because at that point my confidence with Greg Bird was gone because I didn't want to get my uh, hopes up for him just for him to get hurt again yeah. and then be heartbroken right. again. yeah. Um, so I honestly, uh, while I did want Greg, wanted Greg Bird to do well in them, when they both made the team, I was like, you know, it would be great if they both play out of their minds and force yeah. the Yankees to do would something. What about, uh, right? Bird kind of, uh, did what he helped did. the cause and ended up getting hurt again. And it's just very disappointing to see how
0: that turned out. Wish Greg nothing but the best. Yeah, but, I hope he uh, does well. I, I really do. I hope that, I mean, the, the potentials is there. The uh, potential there just really needs to stay healthy. needs to stay healthy. Um, he's a he's a strange cat too.
1: Yeah, he yeah. has a hairless cat. So a, anyone who has a hairless cat is a little bit strange. No weird. offense to anyone who has a hairless cat. Yeah, but they're a little weird. I they're weird. They, they 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 definitely scare me. I probably had a nightmare or two about them as a kid. I like but, that one. It's a good inclusion on the list. So yeah. what uh, should I go with my number two, or do you want to go through number two? Because I'm passionate about my
0: number two. <laughs> it's, not uh, it's not Montero. It's not Montero. Yeah, so, I mean, you know what? Go ahead, because if you're passionate about it, I, m- mine, I think, will will be a nice segue into your number one, probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, so my, my number two is Chance Adams. Okay. I'm glad that he's on your list, and here's why. Um, when I started and I said I <clears> – <throat> um, and I had my number five as Eric Duncan, I kept him, but it was Chance Adams that I was – like thinking, I really kind of want a chance on my list, but I kept it with Eric Duncan. So I'm glad. Go ahead.
1: I was the biggest Chance Adams fan. I, I was, was not, yeah. one of his biggest fans because pre elbow injury, Chance Adams was disgusting. His 95, really he had 95, he was roughly around 95, 96. Yeah. Great control and a wipeout slider.
0: Yeah. Then he yeah. had a
1: bone spur removed out of his elbow, and he never sure. was the same.
0: Yeah, no, he never was the same after that. Um, but he really did. I mean, you know, I think he was a top rated prospect. At one yeah, time, right? he was. He was. I and I felt I, I felt like that was always maybe a little ambitious. Um, but nonetheless, um he dominated in a way that The last time we had seen that was from Luis Severino in the minor leagues. In terms of someone who just progressed through and just conquered every level in a very short period of time, he did it. And he did it looking really good with really nasty stuff. Um, I was on the hype train as well. I really was. It's just, I I remember always talking to my friends about,
1: Once Chance Adams comes up, imagine a three-headed monster of Seve, Adams, and Tanaka with Montgomery on the way as well. Like There was just so much potential to finally have that solid rotation that we've been looking for for years, and it just... I mean, in his game against Boston, his MLB debut. Yeah, he gave up four runs, but that was against, that the, was, world, that was was against like, the world. That was against the world championship, Boston. Was gutty, that was a
0: gutty effort. He gave that.
1: Day. He, he's. Actually, it, it, it was obvious. Really proud of him that from day. the first inning, he didn't have his full control, but he still gutted out four innings. Or, uh, mm-hmm. but, like, like he, he's.
0: And and, and and showed flashes. He Man, did. He, he did. So I was up.
1: actually excited then, but yeah. then. When he really started to get time, it just all kind of fell apart. Because the big thing was is he could never regain that fastball velocity. And something that we all we all know is that if you're not throwing ninety five plus, you need to have pinpoint control, or else you're not going to be doing that well. Because yeah, you need a, a ninety two mile an hour fastball yeah. over the middle of the plate. That ball's going four fifty dead center.
0: Yeah, or his hook. I mean, he's got a really good hook, but yeah, but like he'll 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 show one or two curveballs every inning. They're like, oh, that was. Good, but then the next one looks as good, but he it's you know, it's right over the play. He misses his oh, location yeah. either, either right. down the middle or a pull yank. Yeah, yeah, I, I like to, it's a weird looking dude. Um, I gotta say, yeah. um, it, oh, you it, saw what he looked pictures, like after he left it, the Yankees, he's got full beard. Well, he's yeah. I mean, everyone does the feel. The, the full beard looks better on him. Actually, he looks like a goofy freaking dude with the with, shaven. And he used to have that like little kind of flowing locks. And then like mm-hmm. the next year, you saw him, and he was and he looked like like a like an old dad in some <laughs> pictures with like you know receding hairline. It was just, <laughs> which is you can't find. It happens to everyone. It's just he he had some weird looks throughout um, his, <laughs> his, his. I think his, I have an idea who your number two is. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll let you go for it, but it's it's yeah it's Jesus Montero. I mean he mm-hmm. he is. Uh, I here's the thing. I will save my I rant say- for the end. Yeah, I'll let you save your rant. To the end. <laughs> I still really liked you know, the the hype was real, and the hype was real because it should have been real. The guy had a really good bat. I still and, and do not understand how. He he still deserved he deserved a better, longer shot than what he got. That's what I actually feel. Um, now, he he was had a hard time with his weight. He was definitely people call it Gary all the time and give Gary a really hard time. It was nothing compared to what Jesus Montero was. I mean, he looked like a Pillsbury Doughboy half the time and it just he couldn't get that under control. So being a catcher was never going to work. Um, he was never going to um, be able to move the way he needed to move behind the plate. I don't know if he could have worked it out at first base. I know they tried it a little bit at the Mariners. Um, DH is probably where he was best suited. And then when he got the shot to do that, um, you know, he, he didn't hit enough. And obviously there were other, you know, personal character type things that they came into play as well. But, I don't think he his sample size was big enough to for him never have to g- gotten, you know, another shot again. I know that, you know, he spent some time in the minors and he just couldn't work it out there either. I still to this day, and perhaps foolishly so, believe that his bat could have played in the major league for a long time. I really do believe that. All right, go for your rant. Well, no, you should go with your. Yeah, no. So I mean, he... I, I, I go with my number one,
1: but he's obviously your number one. So yes. Yeah, just... So I mean, for a man, uh, at one point here were the top three prospects in baseball: Mike Trout, Chris Bryant, and Jesus Montero. I I was heartbroken when this when uh, I mean when we traded him for Pineda. Of course, I I was like heartbroken. But then when I see what ended up happening to him, I couldn't stop laughing. Like, oh yeah, funny too, right? The <laughs> comparisons they called him. They said he had a Miguel Cabrera type bat. That I was mean, that's while, that's, a,
0: that's an unfair comparison. Yeah, that's
1: why <laughs> Miguel mean, Cabrera was having a. He
0: kind of looks uh, like Miguel Cabrera.
1: Yeah, actually. that's when Miggy was having a triple crown season. So yeah. for me, as a twelve year old, I'm looking at some videos of him. Like, oh my god! I said, while well, his glove, everyone says Gary's defense sucked. You should have seen Jesus Montero. It was. God-awful. That man could not block to save his life. I mean, it's really
0: hard when you're as big I mean, as you are, right? That but
1: he sense. could swing. He could uh, yeah, swing. He, could... he had Oppo Power, which were his yeah. first two home runs in one of his first games. Like, but it just all went downhill. We got we got the legendary story of him in the ice cream sandwich in spring training. Where he came in forty pounds eight and a scout ordered an ice cream sandwich for him in the dugout, and he chased after him, like, yeah, that's a classic. It's just crazy to think a guy. It it also shows why you should not get super, super, super hype and super into prospects because, yeah, out of those top three, two of three, two of three, panned out. I mean, one of them panned out to be will go down as one of, if not the best player of all time. <clears throat> Still think it's Barry Bonds, but that's uh, my opinion for another day. Um, but Brian's a good player as well, but it just shows that unfair comparisons as well kind of give you a certain level of hype that you just can never reach, because there will never be another Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera in, in his prime was so fun to watch and if you're giving a young guy first of all as a catcher that comparison if he doesn't live up to the hype especially in New York i mean honestly i think he's a bit lucky that he got traded because imagine if he became a bust in New York how
0: he would get flamed oh yeah that's very true i mean you th- <laughs> that's the thing people that uh um That give Gary a hard time. I mean, just imagine what they would have done and how they would have feasted on Montero. It's insane. I mean, it's an easy topic. Right.
1: But I mean, one of the one thing I remember is he had a sweet swing. He had a sweet swing. Uh, He he has a linear club, but he also could never catch a break. You got, you have Mike Trout literally hung on the wall for like a second and a half and reached over and robbed the home run from him. But yeah, I mean, this, this is a prime example. Like, And here's something that could be controversial, but we all know Jason Dominguez is going to be good, but I'm not buying into the full hype of him being the next Mike Trout until a, I see him play games and B until I see him play games because I'm not going to, people are saying, Oh, 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 uh, we'll be fine. He'll save us like this kid. First off,
0: we don't need saving. I'll say that. Um, (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing any kind of Mike Trout, there's only been one Mike Trout. I mean, there will like, only be ever one Mike Trout when it's all said and done. He's going to be the best player to ever play the game. I don't even think it's going to be close, and it's going to be a crying shame because he's boring as hell. And, um, that's you know, baseball, really that's what people think baseball is, but it's not. I mean, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't they do a very poor job marketing, they're very, yeah, well. I mean, he he's not an infectious personality. I think that's he, uh, he, he, he can tell the weather though. And it doesn't help that um, it doesn't help. He's played for the Angels. If the Angels can get good, that'll help baseball and help Trout. Yeah. But I mean, you can't you can't say anyone's the next Mike Trout. There's only yeah. one Mike Trout. I'm in on Dominguez. I know what you're saying, and I completely get it. Right? He he may not ever be able to. You know, hit a curveball, right? Like Esteban Fourier. and if he can't, then he's probably not going to be, you know, a good a good pro or ever even make it. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I don't doesn't I, going to stop me getting hyped about a pro. Oh yeah, no, no I'm, I'm okay getting that hype for him. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not I'm gonna okay. I'm not gonna make the same mistake
1: I made for mm-hmm. Jesus Montero and pretty much threw away all projections and just said this dude's going to be great. Just wait, right. So I'm actually really
0: excited to hear your number one. So my number one um, is Drew Henson. You are you you're too young to remember Drew Henson. Probably. Okay, so Drew Henson was the next mm, Bo Jackson, and not because he's he's a white guy. Uh, I was about and, to say
1: he's got a very
0: white name. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, he was the starting quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines. He was the guy. So Tom Brady was a starting quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines. And then Drew Henson was the next big, huge time you know prospect. I loved him as a quarterback. Um, he was a special talent. And he came in and um, basically stole Tom Brady's job. I think that they, they split it for a little while. But eventually, Drew Henson became um like the starting quarterback over Tom Brady in Michigan. And um, you know, there there's some fun stuff on that when when, when they really needed to win the game and stuff, Brady would come in and you know do different things. But I mean he was a special quarterback that would have been probably a number one pick in the draft, um, you know, when when he would have came out, if he would have came out. But he was also a baseball star. And it looked really good for him, you know, in baseball. So he did. He came out he was drafted by the Yankees. So hyped for him as, as a Yankee, for sure looked like he was going to be, you know, the next, I think he played third base as well. Um, and, and he was going to be, you know, a big star, you know, in, in, in baseball. Um, I think he did make it to AAA. That might have been more like a, a Tim Tebow kind of thing by that point. I'm not sure. I can't really remember. Um, but he never, you know, I think he didn't make his major league debut or he might've just got, might've been a spring call up or maybe some spring training stuff. But I mean, there's definitely some pictures of him in pinstripes, but you know, he just couldn't figure it out. Couldn't work it out. Um, ended up, you know, probably by the time he was 20, I don't know. I can't remember 25 to 27, right? After he had given baseball a few good years and it looked like he was, you know, flaming out he went back to football and um i remember him starting for the dallas cowboys on like thanksgiving day um one year and then i think he was with the lions in, in michigan right um and I, I think he started you know maybe a handful you know somewhere between two and six games i think in in the nfl had, had a couple flashes but i mean also was you know was pretty mediocre though um in general and didn't, didn't stick you know very long and i i gotta feel like if he would have just done football from the jump he would have been a really good nfl quarterback i do believe i think leaving the game of football for five years and trying to come back to it after not playing you know um that kind of level of competition for a long time it, the odds were stacked you know highly you know against him and Obviously, you know, to be that big of a hyped up guy and to flame out the way he did and then the guy that he came in and essentially replaced and put on the bench in Michigan becomes the greatest quarterback ever to play the game. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a rough. It's kind of a rough go at it a little bit for Drew. So now you got to go. Yeah, Now you got to commit to me. You got to go and you got to like, I think there's like some documentaries on Drew Henson and, and different stuff like that. You got to go check out the, the, the hype train and, you know, some some stuff on Drew. I've got to say, the Yankees got, the
1: Yankees drafted some great Hall of Fame talent from the NFL. <laughs> Not yeah. drafted. I mean, didn't, they drafted John Elway
0: yeah I mean, done they had
1: Dion sanders one of my favorite all-time baseball clips is that deon sanders hitting a line drive to Bo, and Bo comes out of nowhere and almost catches it i love that highlight
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome he had deon sanders that's crazy so there you go there's our list that was really good did we have jesus montero he okay. was the only crossover we had on our two lists right
1: yeah, because w- w- the good style was is that I kind of went for kind of like the uh, players kind of more recent. Ex- Eduardo Nunez, I will forever, uh, every time I hear his name, I besides thinking about his helmet falling off, is just thinking that this was that man that kept us between Cliff Lee. Right. So I will. Uh, I hate Cliff Lee because he yeah. was so
0: damn good. He was so good. I really love that. I, I, as everyone did, felt like he was a shoe in to be a Yankee and it just didn't just didn't happen
1: first it was Eduardo News
0: and said his wife didn't want to come to New York <laughs> oh good times all right man well uh, that was fun you have a great yep. week stay you safe too, everyone stay we'll safe next week. and yep. hopefully uh, we get some more news about baseball absolutely cross your fingers yep all right thanks